How's it going? My name is Amy, and I work at Lowe's. Stop by today and beat the heat with some cool summer savings. Now get 10% off major appliances priced $397 or more. And with our great selection, you'll find just what you're looking for. Choose from top brands like Whirlpool, Samsung, Frigidaire, and Maytag. Or if you need carpet, now you can get free basic installation when you purchase Stainmaster Carpet and Stainmaster Carpet Pad. Come chill out with our coolest savings yet, Lowe's. Let's build something together. Offers valid through 829. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Welcome to more than a few words, a marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. Today, Jay Mattingly and I have some fun guests here in the studio, and we are going to be talking about beer. Um, First up, Mike. Mike, why don't you tell folks a little bit about who you are? Well, I am... My name is Mike Tillman. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at WCB Tilly, T-I-L-L-Y. And I work for a company called World Class Beverages, which is a craft beer distributor, and we are a division of Monarch Beverage out of Indianapolis. Uh, I've been with World Class Beverages for over three years now, and I've been in the beer business for 16 years now, and love doing it, and love great beer, and love uh, helping people out with great beer. Cool. And also, and we are so glad that you came. And actually, Mike is here because he reached out after one of our earlier shows and said, hey, I'd love to be on and talk about beer, and I think it's a great thing to do early in the morning. Um, Also in the studio today is Kayla Walker, or Lipstick on the Rim. Uh, You can follow me at Lipstick on the Rim. Uh, And I also am at Hayes Walker. And... I'm into beer, so I'm into women and beer, so teaching women how to drink beer, enjoy beer, understand craft beer, and then I also invest in a new brewery, and I'm starting a hops farm. Cool. So, um, beer from all angles, from people who like beer. Jay, do you like beer? You know, I've been known to uh, kick one or two back once in a while. Cool. Well, and um, I have to admit that I wasn't particularly partial to beer until I started drinking um, some of the beers Hazel recommended. But let's talk about, um, because this show is really about small business and marketing. So from a a marketing perspective, how do you talk to consumers or, because you you really sell to distribution outlets, about beer marketing? Well, a lot of one of the things we we make sure everybody understands what we like to have people know is you have to have a, a passion for selling beers, especially the kind of beers we sell, whether they're craft beers, microbrew beers, um, kind of eclectic import beers, and that's one of the big things that can go a long way in the beer business because if someone comes in looking for something in particular or looking for something that they're not sure of and they have questions about it, if you can't answer those questions, can't lead them to a certain certain beverage of choice, then you're really not helping the consumer that much and you're kind of sending them on a dead end road. Absolutely. Um, So, and before we go really far, I just want to encourage people, we've got some folks listening. Um, If you've got a question, you can uh, tweet it at me, at Roundpeg, and I'll see it. Or you can call in at 805-285-9865. You talked about having a passion for beer. How um, how do you get how, how do you transfer that passion through marketing? How do you kind of share that passion to get other people excited? Well, one thing we've done with our uh, 
with our sales reps and our staff, uh, we have actually we have five of our uh, staff that are Cicerone certified in the state of Indiana. And Cicerone is basically a beer sommelier, somebody that knows basically the ins and outs of beer, um, be it from storage, styles, tasting, pairings, everything like that. So once they understand the ins and outs of beers and from all different angles, then what that allows them to do is when they're talking to accounts about new beers, different beers, beers that are um, that are driving the market, they can make sure and sell in ones and have them purchase beers that are going to benefit them. They're not going to be beers that are going to just kind of hang out and be dead weight. And it, the passion of it makes a lot of the fun of it as well because we get to talk about food, beer, food, <laughs> beer, and it's a great thing. Cool. Hey, Joel, from your perspective, because I know we've talked about this, I think some of the um, beer distributors and breweries make you a little crazy with their marketing. You want to share that? In my opinion, they're not good at it. They're, they're okay at the traditional marketing, but they don't know how to use social media. And it frustrates me because Lipstick on the Rim wants to follow and, and interact with the breweries. But most of the breweries, especially locally, but I would say nationally, Everybody follows them, they don't follow back. They don't engage in conversation on Twitter, Facebook, things like that. They're always pushing their marketing, but they're never listening. Except for uh, on Facebook, my favorite would be Magic Hat. And they oh. kind of interact. They're very good at the interaction. But the rest on Twitter, you'll see me post every so often. Really? Someone's got a brewery, has got 10,000 followers, and they're following 60. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I understand it from that angle because, especially like you said, with social media, you want the interaction. If you're, if you're, if you're a person, a consumer, and you're following one of these big breweries that you love and you love to drink their beer, you don't want to send them comments and just get nothing in reply. It just makes you wonder if they're even paying attention to what you're saying. And yeah, they're probably busy with other things, but to just get a little reply back or anything like that goes a long way. Well, it's not even a big brewery. It's just a small local craft brewery, too. I mean, there's several local breweries here that have good followers, but they don't interact with anybody. They're just out there posting, except for a very small group of people they interact with. That's it. I think what's interesting is when you talk about social media marketing, um, you know, Mike, I know that you kind of garnered a following and talk about beers as, as you've gone on. But it hasn't been within the realm of some social media policy that World Class Beverages has, has set forth for you. You kind of went out and did it on your own. Yeah. So it's almost like you don't have a uniform policy. Well, we, we don't necessarily. We encourage and we would like everyone that works for us to have a Twitter account in particular. Uh, you know, use it to talk about tastings that are upcoming, events in the market, new beers that are going to be coming out, uh, and a lot of things we'll do with it is we will lead people our website because on our website uh, we're pretty proud of it. Uh, it tracks over uh, 4,600 different brands, uh, and this is this is countrywide because we've set up more world-class beverage distributors uh, or divisions with different distributors across the nation. But it tracks a lot of things. It has a, lot, a bunch of different modules. Uh, one called Beer View, where people can learn about how beers made how beer tastes, all kinds of things like we learn um, in going through a Cicerone training. So we encourage it from that aspect, and it, again, kind of like Hazel was saying about the big breweries, the small breweries, if we can get out there and get people to understand, hey, we're, the, we're with world-class beverages, we sell beer, uh, these are the ones we sell, and they follow us, 
they can interact with us as well, and we can help them on a personal level finding beer and um, just having a, a better life of drinking beer. So, um, examples. What would you like breweries, or you know, because you start thinking about, I mean, not thinking about, it, you're 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 part of this uh, new beer uh, brewery that's coming up. What kind of marketing are you guys envisioning that you're going to do as you launch it? More, uh, more of the interactive conversations on the Twitter, the Facebook stuff, where people can ask questions about the beer. How is this beer made? Or, oh, I had that beer last night, and I tasted this. What was that? Or just some interaction. And I, I remember posting one time to a brewery, and I said, why is it that you have 5,000 followers, but you're only following 50 people? And the response back was, as if it's any of your business. Ow! Wow. Ow! And I was... Shop. <laughs> like, okay, I'm a consumer of your beer. You know, I think, um, and both of you kind of in different ways touched on it. It's this idea of beer education. Um, the the idea that um, people don't really know a lot about good beer. They don't know about beer pairings. Um, I went to this. It was actually a wine beer um, taste off. It was food, like you said, alcohol, food, alcohol. It was food in the middle. And then we got a small glass of beer and a small glass of wine, and at each course had to identify what we liked best. And I was blown away that, because um, there were two beers and two wines at each serving. Now, of course, the two things that blew me away, one was the amount of alcohol I consumed. <laughs> but, That's the, my loss. <laughs> but the other thing was that I actually picked the beers more often than the wines. So, um, you know, and it was all about educating. So what other things can you do, I guess, to educate people or expand on um, within your marketing to really get people engaged? You know, I think one of the things that people have to do is they have to be, they have to be really open to trying things. And mm -hmm. I know everybody has probably experienced this. One of the things I experienced most, um, and no offense, but with women a lot of times mm -hmm. and with men is, oh, that's a dark beer. I'm not going to like that it's going to be way too strong for me. So they have this preconceived notion that a product is going to taste a certain way and they've really never done food or anything like that. One of the most successful things I did one time was we had a, a relatively small event where we did basically a blind beer tasting and we had groups of four people at the table who literally blindfolded them. They sampled, I believe it was three beers. We didn't tell them what they were until they took the blindfold off and they saw them. And one of the biggest things I heard back, and especially from women, was, oh my gosh, that's a stout. I don't like stout, but I love that. Mm -hmm. So it's all about, yeah, it's all about what's upstairs, like I like to say, your brain. It's internal. So if you give things a chance and can try things and try them the right way with the right things, it, it'll go a long way. And women have a preconceived notion about beer because beer hasn't been in the women's world. We are the wine and vodka drinkers. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and it has always in the past not been very ladylike to drink beer. Right. So introducing women to beer and getting them to try it, it sometimes is a challenge, but I, I've noticed that as I have introduced women to beer and the taste of beers and the spouts and all of those, they do like them. They find out that there's more to beer than Budweiser. Exactly it's, right. It's a lot more. There's such a big variety out there, but they've got to be willing to try it out. And I hear that foul thing. Oh, that's a dark beer. It's too heavy. I can't drink it. Yeah. That's really how this took on the room came about. And and trying to, um, and I know you have a lot of cool things planned for this took on the room, but but 
some of the events that you're planning on doing and kind of introducing women to all these different kinds of beers and, and breweries that have exploded. Um, what kinds of things do you have on the horizon, really, so let's stick on the room that you'd like to, to see happen or like to do? I want to do more tastings. Um, I want to do like a night of, of tasting of ale, just ale. Here's five or six different ales. This is what an ale is. This is how an ale is different than a lager. And here's how they taste. And then do a lot of lot more pairings. I'd love to go over to World Class or um, and do a tasting there because I think you guys have room for doing that kind of thing and, and have women in there to see what it means to distribute beer, how beers are put out there. So and then like to, I would like to have some tastings at some of the breweries. And then eventually we want to go worldwide and do private tours in Belgium <laughs> and Ireland. And we'll be following you. <laughs> When you first reached out and said, hey, you know, I want to do the radio show, what did you want to talk about as far as beer marketing? You know, nothing in particular, but in just in a sense, beer in general, because almost this is just a great outlet to talk to people about beer, kind of like I said, having people try beer without a preconceived notion of what something is and then thinking they're not going to like it and then try something that maybe like it. This is just a way to reach out and talk to people and answer questions, like you said, about things that they may um, they may not have a chance to ask anybody about, they might may not have an outlet for, or may have gotten the wrong answers in the past. Cool. Well, I will tell you, this is definitely creating um, a little bit of a conversation on Twitter. Um, uh, for example, um, uh, World Class said he's got 1,872 followers and follow back 1,500. Um, not all do, but we engage in and promote conversation. Um, kudos to you. Um, Allison says, I still don't like beer. Um, but uh, Robbie asked how she was with Ruth Beer. Uh, thank you, Robbie Slaughter. Um, also, uh, Kit Kaiser says she's often late to the party, but um, uh, we're glad that you've joined us. And Randy said something about the difference between a porter and an IPA and how could uh, social media be used to help educate. I know what a porter is. I don't know what an IPA is. And how, So let's use the magic of Block Up Radio to educate. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, IPAs are like the difference between a sweet wine. If I'm drinking a Belgian, it's kind of like a sweet wine versus a dry wine, which is more my IPA. If I were going to compare them to a wine, IPA seem a little drier. They're hoppy. I could see that, yeah. They're more floral. Um, IPAs are the, they've been the big thing over the past maybe year, two years, something like that. That's of, of the craft beer market. That's the one that's exploded the most. And so everybody that has an IPA has um, gained a lot of volume in it. Places that are, or new breweries that are making beer, um, they're, Making an IPA, a lot of ones are flagship beer. What does IPA stand for? <laughs> India Pale Ale. Thank you. And the history behind it is that so they put more hops in beer to ship it over to India. So it, it, it's kind of a, it keeps the beer longer. Yes. Was the original intent. So hops was kind of a preservative. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like preservatives and I don't like hops in my beer. You taught me that. Some people don't like hops because it's, it, there's a difference between sweet and bitter taste. Mm -hmm. And some people like the more sweet taste, and some people like the really bitter taste. And Hopkins loves the bitter taste, and they keep taking it higher and higher. I'm amazed. And that's exactly right. And I, personally, I am, 
I'll drink some IPAs, but they are not my style of choice. We have we have fist fights about it every time I try, and I found a few that I like, but not many that. Um, but I haven't tried a bunch, so it's, it's not my typical style as well. I'll try it. Oh, yeah. But Hold on half a second. Hi, sorry to have kept you holding. It's Lorraine, it's Randy. How are you? Can you hear me? Hey, I can hear you. Be sure to turn down your um your uh, radio so we can just talk through the phone. Did you yeah, have a question? Hey, Lorraine, it's Randy Clark. How are you? Fine, Randy. We're delighted to have you on more than a few words, and we're talking about beer. I've seen some of your comments. Did you have a question? I, I did. The, uh, thank you for answering the IPA and the, the, the porter question. However, the, the bigger question was that I have uh, in several brew clubs in the local area where the staff did no difference between various styles of beers. Am I expecting too much? Or my question was how can social media be used to help educate the staff of places that have beer uh, brew pub in their title? How, how long has this growing been going on? How long is that is that a that program? That's a good question. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I know it's, we've talked about it for the past couple of years. Uh, I just don't know how long it's been about going around since then. Because they tend to be more educated about wine at the pubs and things like that than they are the beer often. They do, and I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's something to do with you know it's always been with the transition to craft beers and import beers. You know, back in the day, it was basically your domestic beer bar, so everything was, as they say, yellow fizzy. And so there weren't, there weren't a lot of different styles of beer to choose from to go with food and things like that. So a lot of them basically tasted the same. Um, and to answer your question, Randy, uh, no, you're not expecting too much. And that, you know, I'll say wherever you were, if it was someplace we covered, in a sense, shame on us because that might have been a place we didn't do enough training with some staff, and that's what we do as a company. We try and set up staff training to where we can, not over a long period of time, but in a half hour, hour, try and train the staff on certain styles of beer, just give them the, give them the essentials on what they should know about them, and um, help them out that way, and then, in a sense, it's up to them to retain it, and then want to be able to share that with their customers. I think I kind of look at it, um, if I go into target to buy um, an electronic device. I might get any number of salespeople. Some of them actually might know where the plug is. And if I ask technical questions, I may or may not get a good answer. But if I go to Fry's or if I go to the Mac store, I expect those people to know about computers. I think the same is true when you go to a restaurant. Um, if I'm in a general restaurant, the server may or may not know about beer. But if I'm in a brew pub, if if I'm in a place that's specializing in beers, yeah, I, I think I'm going to I'm going to expect a knowledgeable server. Yeah, and you know, I guess the worst thing is if you're at a brew pub or a restaurant, um, more importantly, a restaurant, I guess, and you ask somebody at your server about a beer, you don't want them to say, "Well, I'm not sure," just leave it at that. There's almost always somebody there that will know something about different styles of beer. So they could at least, you know, just say, you know what, I'm not sure. Let me check on that. I'll be right back, and they can get you an answer. Cool, Randy. You had another question about where to find. 
Oh, it was kind of selfish, but yeah, a couple of my favorite breweries, uh, Anderson Valley out of California and Great Lakes out of Cleveland, I need to. I have to go to Cincinnati to find those now. Are they available anywhere in the local Indianapolis area? I am 99% sure that neither are. I know Great Lakes yeah. was in the state at one time. And it was. And... Um, Anderson Valley, I don't believe is either, and we're yeah, and they were a, they were here for a while too. So yeah, and as a distributor, we're you know we're constantly kind of keeping our eyes open for breweries that want to come into the state and expand. Uh, the the only thing that's been going on that's in a sense a negative with craft beers is the supply and demand part yeah. of it, and the breweries are trying their best to keep up with everything that they can do, everything they can do to keep the, all the products in stock and brew more beer to keep up with the consumer consumer demand. Uh, and that's the big thing is some of these places, some of these breweries want to come into, say, Indiana, but they don't want to jeopardize some of the other states they're in and the integrity of their uh, and the quality of their product in doing so. Cool. Okay. Well, I wait, have... I'm sorry. No, no, uh, Randy, thank you so much for your um, uh, your question. You bet. Um, hey, I have uh, an interesting question from uh, Drew Larson. What's your favorite beer right now? <laughs> One of my favorite beers to drink that I, if, if I have a fallback and they have it around, and I especially love it on tap, is Gumball Head. Mm-hmm. I like Gumball Head. It's a little bit hoppy, but it's got this nice back to it. It's, just, it's a very flavorful beer. Yeah. And I enjoy drinking that one. You know, it's yeah, it's that's a good one. It's I refer to it as a wheat beer on steroids. Yeah. Uh, man, right now, if I had to choose right now, I would probably say um, from uh, Flat Twelve uh, Beer Works out of Indianapolis, their their half cycle IPA. Now, granted, I said I'm not an IPA fan. But <laughs> there's, there's one that I can handle. I like it a bunch. There's just something about it and the way they make it that. It, just works well with me, and, and I like that a bunch. And then, as for a dark beer, I, I've i just been introduced recently to, and I found that I really like it, is the um, Upland has one called Nut Hugger. Mm-hmm. Ah. And it's a nice, dark beer that's not it's not overwhelming, but any woman would like that beer. It's, it's easy to drink. Very. Jay, you got a favorite beer? You know, I have a friend who grew up in Pittsburgh, and whenever he goes home from Pittsburgh, he snaps up three cases of Yingling, and uh, he's got me hooked. So thanks a lot, Josh. (laughs) Josh, if you're listening, um, get four cases next time. Yeah, yeah, I'm not as much of a beer drinker, so I kind of follow my, um, uh, my safe choices. I know I like wheat. I know I don't like a lot of hops, but I really like very dark stouts. I uh, pour, and I actually really like porters. Um, I'm a big because it's got that little chocolate aftertaste, um, and so that's kind of fun. Also, um, it's good with ice cream too. Oh, I had a porter. I had a porter float. It was porter beer and with ice cream floated on the blue. Oh, kind of like a root beer float, but with a kiss. No, not root beer float.
I've never heard of Mexican quite that way. You know, there you'll go to some places uh, that I've seen actually in Indianapolis. I can't remember off the top of my head, but some places will actually have a list of drinks like that, anywhere from two to maybe ten or so combinations. <clears throat> excuse me, that are are half and half. Um, and a lot, one of the one of the things that's been going on lately is ciders have been um, being incorporated that, with that as well. You can mix a cider, like a Christian cider, with a Guinness. Uh, or blue moon things like that. It it just it, some people think it takes away. Some people think it's a bad thing to do because you don't want to mess with the taste of the beer. Uh, a lot of those are probably brewers because they're proud of their beer, and I understand that. But if there's somebody out there that likes something a certain way, and that's how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Ireland, they do black and tans all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent a couple weeks in Ireland earlier in the year. And Got to go to Guinness and learn how to pull the perfect tines and right. the whole thing is. But they serve a lot of black and tans there. It's, it's pretty popular. Yes, definitely. Okay, so we have a few minutes, um, and let's kind of cycle back and pretend we're going to talk about marketing instead um, <laughs> of beer. Um, so who does a good job in this city? Um, anybody that does, I mean, we've got a lot of little brew pubs. We've got, um, and not in terms of the quality of their beer, but. You know, Martin responds to me quite often when I put stuff out there. And well, you you respond to me when I'm putting things out there. But for a brewery, Upland responds to me really well. They'll give me some response back. They'll talk about what they're doing. So they're doing a good job. I think it's newer for them, but they're really doing a good job getting out there. And they've got a couple of Cicerones now yes. Uh, yes, working for them. So I'm happy to see their social media pick up. So Flat 12 is starting to do something. Yeah. Um, well, who else have you seen that you think is kind of getting the hang of it? Well, I know this won't be a surprise to many people, but um, Three Wise Men, Johnny's <laughs> oh, yeah. uh they they definitely get it, and they He's got it. They use it. They use it well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people think they go over the top and use it too much, but a lot of information can be good information. Uh, they do it well, and then a couple other quick places are Tomlins and Taproom downtown, and then uh, Mass Avenue Pub. They do a pretty good job with uh, interacting. So if somebody was uh, getting into the business, um, suggestions that they uh, think to to do? I recommend they hire someone. Brewers want to brew. I get that. They love their beer. They want to brew their beer. They're really, this is an afterthought for them, social media and things like that. I think they need to hire people. They can hire us. Yeah.
Jay, other thoughts? You know, I, I think it's really interesting um, for both of you guys' perspectives how just quickly the craft beer industry kind of exploded. You know, it's, it's only been in the last 15 years, and it's really changed the landscape of the way people view beer, you know, and, and the idea of pairing beer with with fine food is just now emerging. So, um, you know, probably not enough time to answer where they think it's going to be in five years, but um, I do think it's kind of heading in a really cool place, and, and uh, I'm glad you guys were able to come on and talk about it. Thanks. Yes, I appreciate it. I'd do it any time. <laughs> See, we aren't that horrible, people. You can be the best on the show. Um, next time you have to bring a sample. I most certainly will. Okay, so as we're wrapping up, if people want to um, to find you, Mike, where should they go look? Uh, as I mentioned, you can follow me on Twitter at WCBTilly, which is T-I-L-L-Y, excuse me, T-I-L-L-Y. And then, again, I work for World Class Beverages, and our website, which is very handy for everybody, world, worldclassbeverages.com. Use it. There's a bunch of stuff on it. Cool. Hey, it's all. Lipstickontherim.com, or they can go to Facebook. To You guys sent me a great Facebook page up, and they can like my Facebook page, which is lipstickontherim.com. Cool. And, um, okay, we have one more week, but for those of you that have been longtime fans of the show, um, uh, we're saying some goodbyes next week. Um, Mr. Mattingly is uh, Mr. leaving the building just like Elvis. Just like him. Where are you going? I'm going to be starting at Bradley and Montgomery in downtown Indy, so I'm uh, really excited about that. I'm really starting to be leaving the team and my legions of fans, so I'm going to miss you guys. You'll still be able to find him on Twitter? At Jay Mattingly. Awesome. If you've uh, enjoyed today's program, if you uh, want to hear more about what we're doing on a weekly basis, Blog Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 10.30 in the morning. And you can check out more of our adventures on our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks.